Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 52. This is our all-in episode, our all-in predictions. Um, Sean, it couldn't be with us tonight, but we do have his predictions sent to us, so we'll work on that. Um, we are, before we jump into anything, we are reacting right on the spot right now to uh, Wyndham Rotunda, aka Bray Wyatt, uh, passing away. Uh, so we literally got that news seconds before going on to this recording. Um, obviously, I think we're both in kind of complete shock, like most right now. But um, I think Bray Wyatt, especially for me, Chris and I, um, we've been big Bray Wyatt fans for a very long time. We, if you've watched any of our podcasts, we've we've said a lot about Bray Wyatt. Um, it's tough. It's it's very, like, I don't really know how to react in the situation. I think we kind of just sat in silence for a solid five minutes and didn't really know what to say. But, um, you know, thoughts go out to his family. I, I, I just don't know what else to say besides that. Um, rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. It's, a, it's crazy. He's 36 years old. Uh, also, you know, rest in peace to Terry Funk. Passed away two days ago. He was 79. Um, unbelievable, obviously to, you know, to get this news right now, it's, it's really tough. I think what we'll do is after we recover for a little while, I think we'll probably dedicate an episode to him or, uh, do something of like a Bray Wyatt, you know, tribute memorial for, um, an episode. I just, we'll plan that for some time. Um, so shocking news. Chris, how are we doing today? I think we were fine before we just got that news. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we were doing good. We uh, Before we record our podcast every week, we always just sit and talk with one another. And me and Jeremy were talking about all the figs we're excited about coming out. And yeah. I said last week, and I said it a, a few moments ago, I can't wait for the pitch black Bray. And Jeremy looks at his, his, his computer and he says, oh my God, what the fuck? And I was yeah. like, what? And he, he just sat there and he was like, Bray Wyatt passed away. And I was like, what? So it's absolutely shocking um, as wrestling fans, but I mean, we always are saying we can't wait for Bray Wyatt to come back and yeah. and all this, and and we never really think about them as a human being and what what they go through. I don't know yeah. what he's he went through. I mean, hopefully he did not suffer with what he went through. Um, we we wish his family the best for sure. So uh, yeah, I think a, a an episode for him would be great, especially if we can go over some moments and some past matches and our favorite feuds and and anything yeah. anything bray wyatt would be fantastic we were huge fans and it's it's really a shame i don't think that we get shocked with real life news too often when it comes to wrestling and yeah the one that hit me the hardest was eddie guerrero and i think this one's right there with it i mean this is really it tough is. right now i think it's mentally i think because we're a little bit older maybe it's a little bit easier to handle i think we're a bit younger for eddie guerrero but um, I think when you connect with someone so much too, and you know, uh, personally, like I'm all, we're only six years younger than Bray Wyatt. It's not like he was like an extremely old person. Um, right. 
So I think that hits even harder. And I think if it's someone that, you know, you really admired for the work that they did, I think it's really tough to kind of put into words. Like, I think Bray Wyatt was someone that, and Triple H said this, I think, multiple times. He said he was, like, sometimes too creative for his own good. I think he was probably one of the most creative superstars that I've watched. And, you know, yeah. between, you know, the Eater of Worlds, The Fiend, the characters that that man produced, um, it's very, very sad. And I think there's, this is... There's never going to be another, I'll say that. Yeah, that's it's so... Uh, it's so crazy to just read that. I, I was really reacting just on the puts fly. A, puts a pit in our stomachs. Yeah, I think you... Also, like you take, you know, I was on Twitter when we were talking and you just take things with a grain of salt because everyone, you know, says something stupid every now and again. But once they, once, once they really, you know, got into it, it's real and it's, it's not um, made up. So we're going to do our best to get through this episode. I'm trying to put on a smiling face. I think I, 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 in the back of my head, I don't really know what to think. So we're going to try and go through the predictions today. And uh, we will let it simmer and see how we do. Uh, yeah. Chris has the on this day today. So we'll go to that and then we'll jump into some news. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on this day, we're recording August 24th. Um, and it was actually a SummerSlam. I think the kind of theme for this entire month when it, when it comes to on this day has been a lot of SummerSlams. Yep. Uh, so I wanted to mention SummerSlam 03. Um, a few matches that I wanted to know. I, I, there was a false count anywhere match between Shane McMahon and Eric Bischoff. I can't imagine that was any good considering, I mean, Eric Bischoff <laughs> is awful. And I mean, Shane McMahon is a daredevil. So Shane McMahon picked up the win there. Um, there was a fatal four-way match for the U.S. Championship between Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Rhino, and Tajiri. That match only had 10 minutes, but I'm sure there was a lot of action. I think all four guys are pretty good for their time back then. Um, yeah. And then we had kind of a triple main event, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> As they we would had, call it uh, today. Yeah, that's what they call it today. So they had Kurt Angle defeating Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship in a singles match. We had Kane defeating RVD in a no-holds-barred match. And that was right after Kane uh, unmasked for the first time, I believe. Or maybe that was two pay-per-views after he unmasked. But yeah, Kane defeated RVD. And then the main event was an Elimination Chamber match for the World Heavyweight Championship. It was Triple H defeating Goldberg, Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, Randy Orton, and Kevin Nash. And personally, that was one of my favorite uh, Elimination Chambers just because Mm. I ordered that pay-per-view when I was younger. My dad got that one for us. Yep. So that was probably one of my favorites. It might have not been the best because Triple H won and I couldn't stand it back then. But hey, I'll take an Elimination Chamber when I can get one. <laughs> we, tr- we try. <laughs> yeah. Um, not a, It wasn't a bad card. I remember that one very specifically. Uh, compared yep. to 2000 where sometimes I don't remember necessarily what happened. Um, some other news. So um, Edge... A lot of news about Edge the past 24 to 48 hours. We've talked about potentially last week having his last match. There's been a lot of speculation the other day. People were tweeting that um, he denied a contract from WWE and wasn't going to sign there. 
Um, he went on social media today and cleared the air a bit, or maybe added fuel to the fire. I'm not really sure. Uh, but he did say in his social media post that he, like it was a video, he did say that he does have a contract from WWE, like in his inbox. And he's just trying to figure out, you know, he said being a family man, acting, whatever, if it's wrestling, he's not sure yet. I think it's let him, letting it settle. Um, he also said, like, it's tough to beat what happened last week. So it'll be interesting to see what he decides, you know, who knows. Uh, but I think people can be at ease for the the BS rumors that were him declining a contract for WWE. It's amazing how things just float so quickly. And you have people on social, wrestlers going on social media to address the issues that are floating around there. It shows you how fast things go. Um, and then in AEW news, uh, Santana and Ortiz returned last night uh, on Dynamite, which will probably be part, they'll be a part of a match that we'll talk about for All In. Uh, last night's Dynamite, they came out to help the BCC. Those are their uh, partners for the five Stadium Stampede match. Um, there were rumors that they also like didn't stack all in enough uh, for their cards, so they made some changes. So originally, Ray Phoenix was supposed to be in the match, and then he got injured, and then who did they add? They added... Uh, they added... Um... I just watched this last night, for it's, God's uh, sakes. Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Trent, and Penta. Yeah, they, they made it five on five instead of. So they, they were going to add yeah. three people to the other BCC side, but they didn't. They added Santana Ortiz, and they injured Ray yep. Phoenix, which Ray Phoenix might be one of the best wrestlers in that match. So whatever, I guess. Probably is the best. Yeah, <laughs> like I, whatever. <laughs> um And we'll get into that too. But yeah, so that was that Dynamite was interesting last night. Um, some good setups. I will say Christian Cage is an absolute savage on the microphone. Um, and they added Christian to the match who to replace AR Fox, who got basically eliminated. What I will say is that match last night, um, and Chris, I don't know if you watch AEW live yet, but the match between AR Fox and Swerve against Nick Wayne and Darby Allen was actually a very good TV match and very, very, I, it, what Nick Wayne and Darby do, like Darby especially, just fucking throwing his body around is ridiculous. But Nick Wayne did this wild off the top rope cutter on the outside, which was fucking sick to both of them. Um, a lot of potential there for that for that kid. Yeah. Um, but interesting episode of Dynamite, and uh, you know we're going into All In this Sunday. We've been waiting for this show for a little while now. Uh, Will Osprey had a good promo last night. Him and Chris Jericho bruv. were firing at, at each other. Yeah, bro. <laughs> bruv. Yeah, bro. There was a lot of bros going on. He <laughs> tweeted today that they fucked up his music, his entrance music. Oh, and did. in the comments on Twitter, they were like, there's not enough bros in this tweet. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be interesting. I'm so excited to see Osprey uh, at Wembley. I'm sure that'll be a fantastic homecoming for him. But yeah, him and Jericho did some great sparring last night on the mic. You can see the passion, and it really sold the match, I think, for a lot of people. So I think that'll be really exciting. Um, and then, you know, Adam Cole and MJF had some bits, and, uh, you know, I think they're setting up for what's going to happen on Sunday, so we'll kind of see. But also, before we jump in there, I do want to just review quickly uh, Heat Wave, NXT Heat Wave that was this week. That was our last piece of news. 
Um, I'm just going to go over the card quickly, what was there. So Ilya Dragunov and Trick Williams, they actually had a very good match. It was almost 13 minutes. Uh, that was very entertaining. Ilya came out on top on that. Uh, Ivy Nile defeated Ava, The Rock's daughter, in a two-minute match. That was very forgettable. <laughs> uh, Noam Dar beat Nathan Fraser in the NXT Heritage Cup. Uh, so that was a rematch of when uh, Fraser won. That was almost 60 minutes. That was also a good match. Uh, Lyra Valkyrie and Dragon Lee defeated uh, Rhea and Dominic in 14 minutes. And then Carmelo Hayes defeated Wesley in only 11 minutes and 38 seconds. It wasn't a terrible match, but I thought it was going to be way better. Uh, maybe they just didn't get enough time, but not that great. Tiffany Stratton was also out there, and like three or four women came out saying they wanted title shots. So it was uh, Kiana James, Gigi Dolan, and Blair Davenport, I believe, were the three that were out there. Oh, and then Roxanne Perez came out as Roxanne well. Roxanne Perez, yep. Um, so not a, it wasn't a terrible card. It wasn't bad. We'll, we'll see what happens kind of moving forward. But the Ilya and Trick stuff is great. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how long Carmelo and Trick are, are – Destined for the main, uh, destined for NXT. Like I, I'm interested if they're gonna wait all. I mean, they might might just play it out now all the way until Mania, and then have them come up and hopefully Bobby Lashley and, and the Street Profits are still going at that point, and they'll they'll be coming right in and adding some more members. So that'll be interesting. Um, so NXT Heat Wave wasn't bad. So I wanted to just mention that quickly because I know sometimes we don't go over everything, but that seemed to be successful this week. Um, let's go right into, we're going to go into our all in predictions, uh, for people who don't know, this is how we do it. Usually there is three of us, but today there are two, uh, we have Sean's predictions, which we will read out. Uh, one of us will read out, um, I can pull it up too, and, uh, kind of go from there. And then basically what we're going to do is one through, we have 11 matches. So one through 11 in terms of confident, how confident we are. Um, and then we will make our decision based on who wins the match, and we will assign the points to them. If you've seen our prediction shows, it's just like the other ones. Right now, I believe Sean and I – did Sean and I tie the last one as well, or did you win the last one? Um, I won the last one. Okay, you so guys it's did seven, tie, four, yeah, you tied three. the one before that. Seven, yep, four, seven, four three. three? Yep. Okay. So I have seven wins. Uh, Sean has four and Chris has three. So I'm expecting Chris to probably win another one here and then make the comeback. <laughs> um, so we will start with, we're going to start with the pre-show matches and kind of just keep going through. Uh, there are two pre-show matches now. One else was added last night. Uh, we have Aussie Open. So Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher versus MJF and Adam Cole for the ROH World Tag Team Championships. And I will go first okay. uh, for myself. And then I will say Sean's after that. So, well, we can go to you, Chris, and then I'll say Sean's. Okay. Um, or however you want to do it. I can say Sean's after me. And then, so for this match, I have Aussie open, and I only have him for one. I wasn't as confident in this match only because it's really hard for me to figure out if they're going to give MJF and Adam Cole the tag titles. 
if eventually in the main event they're going to end up, you know, planting the seeds for a turn, either if it's Roderick Strong getting involved or if it's, you know, MJF turning on Adam Cole finally. I don't see them giving them the tag titles in order to do that, but I could be completely wrong. Maybe it adds a complete other, you know, moral to this story. Who knows? Um, Sean had, what did he have? I think he had them for six. Yeah, he had Davis, he had Ozzy open for six. Um, so he's a little bit more confident than I, but uh, I had them for one. And it seems like I'm a little bit more confident than him. <laughs> Seeing as <laughs> I have Ozzy open for nine here. Holy um, shit, okay, yeah. So this could be the difference maker here, but I just don't Very see them handing so. Cole and MJF those those ROH Tag Team Championships before they head into a main event. And now who I knows they what do. they're gonna who who knows what they're gonna do it all out <laughs> next week. So uh, yeah, I got Ozzy open for nine. And then uh, you want to do Snake Style? Yeah, go ahead. You can go next. So what's next? Uh, Jack Perry and Hook? Yeah, you can do that next, and then it doesn't matter what we do after that. Okay, so I have um, Jack Perry for 10. Uh, another confident one here. He won the championship just last month at Blood and Guts so when, when me and Jeremy were there, yeah. and he is not going to lose it right back to Hook a month later at Wembley. Uh, so, yeah, Jack Perry for 10, I think that's an absolute lock. Sean has Jack Perry for 11. Obviously, he's very confident as well. <laughs> I have Jack Perry for 9. Uh, I am confident, but maybe not as confident as the other two gentlemen. Uh, the only thing that scares me about this is last night he was going to retire, or this this Friday on Rampage, sorry. He said he's going to retire the championship. So I don't know if they're going to do something stupid like give Hulk <laughs> the title back like because of that. I really hope not. So we're going to go with that. I ho- I think Jack Perry is going to retain, but who knows? Crazier things have happened. Um, the next match. Let's do uh, FTR versus the Young Bucks. Another tough one, but it was kind of middle of the road, confident, not confident. Listen, we all know what's been happening with Cash Wheeler uh, this week. You know, got the ag assault with a weapon. Didn't know if he was actually going to be in this match. He was on Dynamite last night um, and seemingly going to be in this match. So we'll see. But I picked FTR for six. I think if there was no controversy, I would still pick them. But... This makes it a little bit more interesting, I'll be honest with you. It's tough to uh, to really put my finger on if the Young Bucks were to win this match. Does it really make sense? I don't think it's FTR's time, a.k.a. top guys oh wearing the shirts today. Um, I don't think it's their time to lose. So I picked them for six. Sean, on the other hand, picked the Young Bucks <laughs> for two. I don't really know what his reasoning is, but what I will say is I guess there's potential for the Young Bucks to slip a victory here. Uh, and even more reason, if they were to take this seriously, the, the Ag Assault, and you know there's going to be issues down the road, they could just rip the titles off of them at Wembley and call it a day. So that would also make sense you know, to me. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's Sean's pick. Young Bucks for two. I have uh, FTR for three. 
So again, this is one that I'm not very confident in because I could see them easily going the Bucks way if they want to punish Cash Wheeler for what he did yep. and have them lose the championships. I could see that happen. Uh, I don't think Tony's going to go that way with this booking here. I think FTR is going to stay strong. They've been putting on great matches. Um, and they've been really good for collision too, to be honest. So I think that FTR is going to keep those championships and keep this, uh, this, uh, winning streak going and, um, head into all out. And we'll see if they even have a match at all out too, a week later, defending the championships against somebody else. So I picked FTR for three. Um, and then why don't we, you can pick whatever just you go want. into the, the women's fatal four way. Okay. Um, so it's Sheeta defending against Tony Soraya and Britt Baker. I am going with the champion retaining and I'm going with Sheeta for two. It really sucks for Tony and Soraya here mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're going to yeah. lose at in, in Wembley when, yep. I mean, I think Tony should have headed into this match as the champion. I don't think she should have lost the championship when she did. I and I really did want to pick her, but I just don't see her winning it back again a month later. Same thing with Jack Perry and Hook. It's the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, so I think it's too soon for Sheeta to lose the championship again. So I went with her for two. Yeah, Sean went with Sheeta for one. He was also not confident, obviously, uh, in this match, but... My reasoning, so I had Sheeta for five. I just don't see them giving it to anyone else here. Outside chance would be Britt Baker, if it's anybody. I the same I, thing. Because I don't think... Listen, if they give it to Soraya, it's a big moment for her in her, you know, home country. But what has she really done to earn that title in AEW for me. Nothing. So I just don't see them giving it to her. Like she's not a champion right now. Or... I think if we power rank them, I think it would go Sheeta one, Britt Baker two, Tony three, Soraya four. Yeah. For odds for winning. I think Britt Baker has oh, a better for chance odds. at winning. Yes, I think for so, odds. Yeah. I think Britt has a better chance at winning than Tony does. I do too. And I, I dig Tony's new character. Don't get me wrong. Cause I think it's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it just it wouldn't make sense to give it right back to where they're playing fucking hot potato with the title, and I I hate it when companies do that. Um, so let's just hope that that's not the case. But it looks like Sheeta is across the board for us. Let's go to the man that never seems to lose on a pay per view in AEW: uh, Darby Allen and Sting against Swerve and Christian Cage. Uh, this one was easy for me. I will not pick against Sting at a pay-per-view. It's, I will not pick against Sting in most occasions. I don't think he's lost nearly enough times uh, to warrant me not picking him for a lot. So I have Darby and Sting for seven. I'm pretty confident that they're going to get this done because, first of all, it's a coffin match. That's like Darby's classic match. And if they were to lose this, you know, Sting doesn't, he just doesn't lose often. So I just don't see it happen either, unfortunately, for uh, for Swerve and Christian. I just think Darby and Sting are the team that they, they ain't losing. That's all I got to say, really, about that one. <laughs> uh, Sean had Darby and Sting, I believe, for eight. 
So he had Darby and Sting for eight. He's also just as confident, I think, as I am that Sting doesn't lose. Um, yeah, that's it for us. I uh, I love me some Christian man, but yeah, yeah, I have Darby and Sting for four, and this is like the second or two out of three pay-per-views in a row for Christian that he's either, either going to get buried alive or put in a coffin. So, <laughs> uh, Christian's not looking very good for you once again. Here. Oh God. Uh, I will say I wasn't very confident. I would have been more confident if, if it was AR Fox, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but then inserting Christian adds a little different star power. Agreed. But like you said, sting doesn't lose at pay-per-views and I still think he's unblemished in his AW career. He's never I think lost. he is. Yeah. So I don't um, think they start here. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to start here, especially in a coffin match. So I have yeah. Darby and Sting for four and then we can go to the, uh, we'll go to golden elite versus okay. um, juice J white and Takeshita. Uh, uh-huh. So I have the golden elite for six in this match, um, which is Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, and Kota, uh, Kota Ibushi. So I have them for six. I just think that those three are just way too good, and they're not going to take a loss in Wembley to someone like Juice Robinson, even though I love me some Juice I Robinson. Juice, though. I, I love Switchblade as well, but I just think this is Golden Elite's moment right here. Uh, the three of them standing in Wembley with 80,000 in the stands. I mean, Kenny Omega is not going to lose in front of that many fans in AEW's biggest pay-per-view of all time. So I have them for six. Sean has them for five. I'll leave his description at that. I actually went the other way. <laughs> uh, I went with Takeshka and Bullet Club Gold for three. When I looked at my card, I thought it was legitimately like I I wanted to pick almost nearly all of the faces to win these matches. I don't think that's going to happen. So there has to be some heels winning some matches. And I think this is one of them. That I think the momentum right now is is kind of 50 50. I don't think there's really momentum one way or the other. I also think these are the types of matches that are the most difficult to predict. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Kenny Omega probably never deserves to lose at a, at a stadium show like this. <laughs> but um, what an impact it would be for Takeshka to beat him. The reason I think this is going to happen is because I think at All Out, their plan is to have Takeshka against Kenny Omega one-on-one, and I think Kenny wins that match. Hmm. So if that does happen, they have a chance of winning this match. And I think they really like Bullet Club Gold, and they want them to be pushed pretty hard. So that was my rationale, or hope at least, that they are able to pull it out. Uh, The next match is the Stadium Stampede match. So we have 5v5. It was 6v6, but they ran the injury angle last night for Ray Phoenix. So we have Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, the best friends, and Penta against the BCC, so Moxley, Claudio, and Wheeler Yuta, and then the returning Santana and Ortiz. Uh, this is another match for me. I have the BCC and Santana and Ortiz for four. Uh, another match that I think this is an easy one to give the heels, <laughs> just because <laughs> I think it's it's where you can find the wins for the heels, and I think the BCC makes sense to win because they're coming off 
a loss to the Golden Elite in um, Blood and Guts. So I think this is where they get their a win back under their belt and they get going in the right direction. And, you know, the feud's actually been pretty good between the best friends and the BCC a little bit too. And the, they had that parking lot brawl. And um, so there's been some good stuff going on there. So I think this would be entertaining, but I did pick them for four. Sean picked the BCC for three uh, with Santana Ortiz. He did not know about them returning until I told him last night, and then he's still stuck with them for three. So Sean seems to be on the same mind as me that he thinks the heels are going to win this match. Yeah, and I agree with both of you as well. I have the BCC Santana Ortiz for five. Uh I specifically don't think that they're going to lose because Santana and Ortiz just returned last night. We haven't and they seen just returned, yeah. uh, what Santana in a year. Or, yeah. So, I mean, he, yep. he's, he was out injured for the past year. So I think that their return was actually very cool. I yeah. think they're an entertaining tag team, and I think they work well with whatever faction that they want to be in. And, I mean, they were kind of with Eddie Kingston before, but you yep. could see them splitting from him before. So there's a little storyline there, too, and, I just think that the BCC Santana Ortiz, that team is just too stacked put up against a team with Eddie Kingston as their leader. I mean, we're not big Eddie Kingston guys. So, um, no. Yeah, I picked uh, the BCC and Santana Ortiz for five here. So, yeah, yeah I uh, it's a clean sweep for that one. It's and amazing how over week, Eddie Kingston is, to be honest. We say this all the it's time, crazy. but uh, don't get me wrong. Like, part of me like wants to like Eddie Kingston, but he just has never done it for me. Especially I'll wrestling. I, <laughs> I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'll say this. I think that he is an entertaining character. He's he different is. than a lot than everybody else, and he seems like real. Like he seems yeah. like that's him. Very uh, true. Which I think is very good for like good for him. It works. Yeah, we're just not fans of him in the ring. You know, we yeah. like people who are a little bit better in the ring, maybe in a little bit better shape than he is. Yeah. Who can listen? Do some I'm a other big things. guy, so I don't care about the shape. But that's, you gotta you gotta produce. That's no no knock on him. I mean, yeah. for for that, but I mean, he is he's himself. He's he's gonna do what he's gonna do. So very true. It is what it is. Next, we will go to Osprey and Jericho. Mm. Um, I think that Jericho puts Osprey over here. Jericho, I, I don't think he needs this. I think he just wanted to go one on one with probably the best wrestler in the world right now, mm-hmm. and Osprey is gonna pick up that win, bruv. And it's going to be for seven. <laughs> um, yeah, bro. I mean, Wembley Stadium, this is this is his moment right here in front of 80,000 people. AEW's yeah. biggest pay-per-view against Chris Jericho, who's one of the top 10 greats in, in wrestling history. So Jericho is going to do a good service by putting Will Ospreay over here. I think that Will Ospreay is going to carry this match because, I mean, Jericho's not the shape that he used to be in. But also... Yeah. I think that Jericho is going to work very well with Will Ospreay. I think this match is going to be extremely entertaining. And mm-hmm. I think that Jericho is going to put on a fantastic match here. I really do. I think it could be one of his best matches in a, in a few years. So I hope you're right. I have Ospreay, uh, Ospreay for seven. Uh, yeah, bruv. Sean also has Osprey <laughs> for seven. Uh, and I have Osprey for eight. I think Will Ospreay is the best wrestler in the world right now in terms of if you're talking about just in ring you know obviously arguments can be made otherwise but you show he showed last night how good he can be on the mic as well and something last night that he said that I, that really struck home with me as well was 
how big this match is for his future and his career. He said this match will look great in six months when he's a free agent from New Japan Pro Wrestling. He said that on air. So that really gives you a hint that, you know, he could potentially be looking elsewhere to what he wants to do, whether that's AEW or WWE. Um, that would be incredible to really uh, see him in that light. And this match will do a lot for him. And you got to think the hometown guy gets the hometown yeah. win. Um, I would be kind of disappointed, honestly, because I don't think Jericho needs that heat, first of all. And he's booked as the face. So he won't be face probably when they go into Wembley. Well, he probably will be, but they're still going to cheer for Osprey as well. So for me here, it just makes sense to pick Osprey. Um, but I hope you're right. I hope the the actual match is very good. And I, I do think Osprey can carry Chris Jericho to a really good match, but I do hope Jericho, you know, puts in the work as well. Yep. We will go to CM Punk against Samoa Joe for the real world championship. Uh, I think this one is pretty cut and dry for me. I have CM Punk for 11. Uh, I don't see CM Punk being reduced to losing this championship to anyone other than when they do the unification match. I think that's going to happen is him against MJF. So I think punk reigns supreme here. And I, I, I'm hoping this match is good, but I have pretty low expectations, but I'm happy to have low expectations and be wowed then rather than have high expectations and just not meeting them. So keep the expectations low. And I think I won't be disappointed, honestly. Sean has Punk for nine, so obviously he's still pretty confident as well that Punk is going to reign supreme here. Uh, I think we all kind of know that it seems to be going towards an MJF versus CM Punk, undisputed world champion type of thing in AEW right now. Yep, and uh, I'll round it out and say Punk for 11 as well. Um, I do think the match will be pretty decent between the two of them uh but i just think this one like you said is clear cut uh, punk's not going to lose that championship to anybody unless their name is mjf in an undisputed championship type setting and that's what they're going to build towards and i think that's the biggest match that they can book right now in AEW would be punk and mjf for those championships so i'm sorry samoa joe but you're <laughs> going to take a loss here to cm punk for 11 and then we will go to the House of Black versus the Acclaimed for those trios championships. Mm. This is a tough one. Um, Very tough. This is my least confident match. I have a one on this match. And I have a one on the Acclaimed. I think that the Acclaimed actually gets it done here. I don't think that the House of Black has really done much with those trios championships. And... I hate to say it, but they haven't done much in AEW, period. I mean, it was yeah. very cool when, when they beat the Death Triangle for those trios. Or no, they beat... um, Was it the Death Triangle? They beat... They beat the Elite, right? They beat the Elite. Yes. Was it they the, beat the yeah, Elite. Yeah, I think they beat the Elite because the Elite beat the Death Triangle. Yes. So the yeah, when they seven, beat the yeah. Elite, I mean, I think we were all very excited because we're like, finally, the House of Black gets to do something. Yep, and they really haven't done much, and they've had a couple house really... like uh, house rules matches and things like that, yeah. but they're not portrayed as. It just doesn't seem like they're they have main event talent, but they're not portrayed as the main event. They're a side attraction, right? 
Right. It's almost like a tease with them. Like they, they get just there and then it's like they come right back down. They get there, yeah. they come back down. So it's a shame. And I think that the acclaimed, I mean, Daddy Ass came back. We all saw that. So I think that the acclaimed with Billy Gunn, they're going to pick up those trios championships. And I think that, I mean, the crowd just loves them so much that those trios titles are going to come back to a face team. And I think they're really going to do a lot for those championships because they're so over with the crowd. So I have the acclaimed for one here. So Sean has the House of Black for four. He seems a little bit more confident than us. I also agree with Chris. I think the acclaimed, I have them for two. I think that if they don't win, it'll be tough to see where they go from here. But I'm also like very, very big on both of these trios. I love the House of Black, and I really love the Acclaimed. It's very hard to choose between the two, but I think the right decision is to to put the belts on the Acclaimed because, you know, the House of Black had the titles, but they just don't seem... The trio's titles also just don't seem to be booked well. So yeah. maybe that's just an AEW thing because they just, you know, they put together a lot of good matches in the ring. But I don't know. They haven't had like that big impact feud because when they beat the elite, the match was thrown together in a week and then they beat them. So it's not like they built up a huge story with the elite and then they beat them for the titles. Uh, they just beat them the first time and that was over. So I think that's, you know, that's something there. And then what are we on? This? We're on the last match. So we have the main event yep. MJF versus Adam Cole. This is also tough in a sense that this could go really wrong really fast and someone can get DQ'd or screw someone out of it. I still picked MJF for 10. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just don't think they're going to let Adam Cole get the W here, no matter what that is, whether it's a DQ or a, or a fuck finish. I don't know. I just don't see it happening, unfortunate, as unfortunate as that is, because I love Adam Cole. I love MJF as well. I also love them together, but I do think this is going to be the beginning of the end for them. And it's sad because I think I think they don't even understand. Like, they understand it because I think I saw Adam Cole's interview and he was shocked that he they're still so fucking over with this crowd. But you can already see the seeds that are planted in their interviews from last night on Dynamite because they reviewed all of the, you know, so-called looks and things like that. And at the end of Dynamite, MJF did have the Dynamite Diamond Ring. He pulled it out from his trunks and he was going to turn around and potentially hit Adam Cole, who had his back turned. But he didn't and they hugged it out again. So they've been building up this tension, this tension. And I think at some point it's going to snap. And... uh I don't necessarily know if it's going to snap tonight, but between all in and all out, um, <laughs> I think something's got to give. So I have still have MJF for 10. I still think he comes out of here with the championship. And Sean had the exact same. He had MJF for 10. So I do have the Adam Cole baby shirt on right now. <laughs> you know, the NXT one when he was in NXT. Big Adam Cole fan over here. I'll be rooting for him the entire night. But he's going to lose. I have MJF <laughs> for eight here. Um, 
MJF is not going to lose that championship, unfortunately, because I would love Adam Cole to be the guy to beat him for it. Yeah. Um, but thinking logically, I do think that in my head, I think this is the, this is the end for them. I think this is it. I think their time is coming to an end at all in, and it's going to be in the main event. And I think that Roderick strong could possibly screw Adam Cole in this main event. I think that he could turn on Adam Cole and, and join forces with MJF. I, I don't see it being a clean finish at all. I, I, because yeah. I think that there, there might be another rematch because I mean, their first one was a draw. So, I mean, if, if MJF picks up another dirty win here, I think it leads to maybe a third match, possibly the week after it all out um, mm-hmm. with maybe some, someone barred from ringside. I don't know what the stipulation could be. Yeah. Um, but I just think that it just makes the most sense that MJF is going to retain his championship winning by, uh, by Adam Cole getting screwed by one of his former best friends. So, because then it also sets up for Adam Cole's next feud after that, which would be with Roderick Strong. For so sure. For I think sure. It, it leads right into that storyline as well. It's so logical that we're thinking like this, but I do think it makes so much sense. But it's so unfortunate at the same time, because as much as I love MJF, I really all, and we joke about this all the time, because we, you know, Chris was always a bigger Adam Cole over Johnny Gargano, and I was always Johnny Gargano over Adam Cole. <laughs> But I really love Adam Cole as well. And I think he is, maybe it's not right now, but he is definitely an AEW world champion at some point in the next couple of years. And, you know, whether that time is sooner rather than later, I don't know. But I'm still really looking forward to that moment because I also think now this is only added to how over he is as a face. And I think it'll only help build his story moving forward too because he's gotten over. Uh, and pretty much everything that he's been asked to do over the past, like, you know, however many years in wrestling. So, I, I you know, he's one of the best in NXT. He's going to be incredible for AEW. He got injured, but it's an incredible story. His comeback, you know, we're still not, you know, what are we, six months, maybe six months into his comeback, maybe less than that. So, yeah, I think it's you know, probably like maybe four yeah, or five months, five something months. like that. Yeah, I so, think it was like March. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like we've had him back for even that that terribly long. And he's already in the main event picture. He's had this great tag team run. Uh, so it's great that he's starting to get on the, on the up and up. So it's really exciting. The other thing to talk about with this is there's two matches for All Out. Two. So that means they're putting together like another eight matches in the next week. I'm hoping there's somewhat of a semblance of a story. Even if you have some rematches or a mix of some matches, I'd be fine with. Don't give me the same card. WWE's been guilty of that in the past when they did like one pay-per-view and then the next the next friggin' month they had the, all the same matches. Don't necessarily do that, but also if you have story, don't necessarily abandon it either. And All In could be a great opportunity where you make some story for the next pay-per-view. So, you know, try and work that in. Any last comments about All In as we kind of wind down here? I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest. I hope they rebound hard from, not to say the last period was bad, but the past couple we've been a little bit disappointed in terms of the outcome. And, like, the overall show in terms of, you know, we we bank on AEW to really deliver in some of these uh, aspects, especially of the in-ring. So I'm hoping it's a little bit better than the past couple. And the thing is, like, 
we've been disappointed, but have we been disappointed just because WWE has been so good? Maybe. <laughs> that could be it because before when we were loving the AEW pay-per-views that we were ordering every single time, yeah. WWE was eh. That's true. And, and those pay-per-views seem to be so much better. So maybe WWE to us right now is just on another level that we're disappointed. But That um, could also be true. I, I will say, yeah. though, like even in the – the, the couple past pay-per-views of AEW, they've had, you know, three or four matches that really, like, slap it out of the park. They've had some really oh, yeah. fucking good matches. Yeah. But, and I think they'll do the same thing here. I yeah. Think, I think looking at this, I think, I mean, a lot of the matches could be very good, but specifically, I think three or four of them are going to be, like, very good and carry that card. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited, I- that, I'm excited that it's a... It's an earlier start time for us because yeah, normally for us, AEW pay-per-views go till midnight and they start yeah. at like 7 for the pre-show. Yep. So AEW pay-per-views are always longer ones where they go till midnight or whatever time it is. So this one's a 1 o'clock start time, should end probably around 6, I would say. That's perfect. Um, so, I mean, that's going to be great for us. And then I'm excited <laughs> to just see the, the stadium. I'm excited to see if they have a cool stage set up. I was about to I'm say the stage. The, the aesthetic look of everything. I really hope they knock it out of the park because I, I think they can. I think they can too. And I'm very intrigued to see what they do for uh, a stage and an overall appearance. That's a great point. Cause that's usually what we harp on AEW most for is the production. So if they're able to have a good production as well, I think it'll only add to this show. And if they were to ever go back, you know, they would have that expectation, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to all in. Um, we will have our review show out next week. Uh, we're going to figure out the, the Bray Wyatt stuff and we'll probably get back to you on that. But, um, you know, I just want to say once again, you know, rest in peace, Wyndham Rotunda, um, absolute shocker for the wrestling world today. And I think most of us will be discussing this for some time, but, um, you know, be easy and, uh, you know, enjoy, enjoy this weekend. Enjoy Wembley. Enjoy. Wembley Stadium, enjoy all in if you're going. If you're watching like us, enjoy it on the on the telly, as as Will Ospreay would say, bruv. And uh, <laughs> you know, uh, this is it for us, but we really appreciate it. Follow us on our socials and all the other things, and uh, we'll be back next week. We really appreciate you all and enjoy.